0: It's Sunday night. Anything can happen in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 1. Praise God. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone. Rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in. Now pay close attention to this right here. They entered in. And they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. They entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed. Thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them. This is a great question. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet In Galilee. He is not here. He is risen. The word of the Lord tells us in the first verse. That they came to the sepulcher bringing spices. Which they had prepared and certain others with them. They came to anoint something. That was no longer there. They came to bless something that was no longer there. They were coming to say their last goodbye and anoint the body of Jesus. But when they got to the tomb, and they walked in, the stone had been rolled away and his body was not there. I want to preach to you tonight, if I may use this subject for this evening, living on the right side of Calvary. Living on the right side. Of Calvary you may be seated in Jesus name now I'm just going to tell you on this Sunday night that I haven't come here to sermonize to mesmerize to apologize I sure haven't come to eulogize I'm not here to tell you tonight about a Savior who died on the cross and got stuck there I've walked into hospital rooms in this city and saw My savior hanging on a cross on the wall Or something they depicted As my savior hanging on the cross And I'm thinking to myself All this time while I'm looking at it on the wall You know He was wounded for our transgression Isaiah 53 said bruised For our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace Was upon him with his stripes we are healed But he got up Praise God I want you to know tonight I don't have to have a token of worship To hang him up on a cross, he's not still on the cross. I don't have to go to a tomb like some do to worship their God because mine is not in a tomb anymore. There are thousands upon thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people every year that make their way to Saudi Arabia where supposedly there is a prophet, they think, in Mecca. His bones are there. They really don't even know if he's there or not. But I've been to the place in Israel, in Jerusalem, where they say they laid his body. And I want to tell you what I found. I found the same thing that these disciples found in our text tonight. When we walked into the tomb where he should have been, the only thing that was there is the testimony of what used to be. I'm glad tonight that I serve a Savior that has been resurrected. Hallelujah. Some time ago I had done some study I know I I may have I'm pretty sure I taught on it in this church But I was doing some study about Some of these real smart theologians That had started this study And they they had come up with these theories It's quite amazing They had come up with these theories That the reason why Jesus was not in the tomb When the disciples came to the tomb Is that because Now I want you to think about this It's because in the night There were about two or three men That came to the tomb And they took the stone That was in front of the the grave And two or three men Now Anybody in here ever tried to install a, uh, A stone countertop Huh? Anybody in here ever tried to pick up a rock you see laying out in the field? And you're like, ah, oh, that doesn't look that big. I, th- I think I can get it. They said two or three men, thereabout. Those are big words evangelistically speaking. Walked up to the tomb, rolled the stone away, walked in there and got his body, picked up his body. And left with him and buried him somewhere else. So that everybody who followed Christ could say, he got up. I'm just going to tell you right now, if they rolled that stone away, they weren't going to be able to pick him up. Come on now. They were, they were checking into the local hospital at Jerusalem saying, give me a chiropractor. Some of them said that this body was stolen and they did all of this work neatly planned it out just so that they could claim the tomb was empty. I find that very interesting when we read the story about the fact that they believe that Jesus was taken and buried somewhere else. Because if you read in the same chapter in which we were in tonight, you find that there were a couple of disciples on the road to Emmaus. And they just so happened to be speaking to this man that they did not recognize until he opened their understanding to the scriptures. And they said to him, our heart did burn within us when we heard you speak. But now we know who you are. And then he walks into the room where his disciples were. And there they were eating fish. He was God enough to walk through the wall and man enough to be hungry. Think about it. And he sits down with them and begins to eat. And then he comes later after 40 days, many infallible proofs. He walks in. With these disciples in the same room and Thomas is struggling a little bit. He said, you know, I'm upset all of you said that you've seen him. But I want to see him for myself. And Jesus comes walking in to the room and there's Thomas. And Thomas gets up up to him and jesus said if you don't believe he said let me show you my hands and let me show you my feet and let me show you the 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 the, the spot right here in my side where they thrust the spear through and how amazing is it that when thomas thrust his hand in that he got down on his knees and he said my lord and my god I want to tell you, I don't want to rain on nobody's parade. But if they did take him and bury him somewhere else, he got up from there. I don't believe they moved the body. I believe that he got up. And I also believe the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is going to quicken your mortal body. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to get up out of here. Praise God. There are so many people, and please understand the context of what I'm saying, but I had a long conversation today with some precious people. I stay here at the church till late in the afternoon, discussing the word of God with a precious family today. We began to discuss the traditions of man, the traditions of religion, the traditions of how things are formed, the ideologies of creedal theology and How all of those things work together and how much damage it has done to true Bible doctrine through the ages. But I began to think this evening as to the opening of this scripture. When the word of the Lord said that on the first day of the week they came with the spices that they had prepared. And I want to tell you what I believe and I'm not here to be ugly tonight. But I believe that too much of the religious world is walking around with spices. They want to anoint something that's dead. They're they're, they're living on the wrong side. They're still believing that this is all just about anointing the past. Anointing what was yesterday. Anointing what's already happened. But somebody in this room tonight is going to have to understand that it was never God's plan and His intention for you to walk around with spices to anoint the past that you've came through. There's some things in you that the Lord's been trying to get to die a long time ago. And it's not time to anoint what was dead. It's time to give God praise for what's been resurrected. Everything that I've been through. Everything that I've done, everything that I've been, every word that I've spoken, every sin that I committed because of the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When I went down in a watery grave of baptism in the precious name of Jesus, everything that I was was buried in that water, and I came up a new creature. I would like to echo tonight the words of the Apostle Paul that all things are passed away behold all things have become new there's nothing to anoint your past is gone now he said to them if you destroy this temple in three days I'll raise it up again as a matter of fact in the text that we read tonight verse 6 remember how he spoke unto you while he was yet in Galilee they were reminding them remember the angel said remember what he told you he was going to do But I'm going to preach to somebody. It may make you a little uncomfortable here for just a minute. Jesus told them it was going to happen. Jesus told them he was getting up. Jesus told them he was going to be resurrected. But they brought some spices just in case. Uh case. They knew what day of the week it was. It was the first day of the week they did everything for a reason. He went in there on the 14th of Nisan, which was a Friday night. He was laid in that tomb, and on the third day, he got up. They knew exactly what they were doing. It was the first day of the week when they came to anoint him. They knew what was happening. They knew it was the third day. He said it was going to happen in the third day. He even quoted one of the famous stories about Jonah and the great fish. And he said, just as it was with Jonah in the belly of the whale for three days... It's going to be with the Son of Man. He's going to be put in the earth and he's coming back. But let me bring some spices just in case. There's some people in here tonight that God has given you a word of some things that are going to happen in your life. But you're carrying around some spices to anoint it just in case the word doesn't come to pass. I came to help somebody tonight. I'm not being ugly, but you can sit on it if you want to. I've come to preach and help somebody in here tonight. It's time to get rid of the spices. You are seeking the living among the dead. Why seek ye the living among the dead? I don't know what it is about humanity, but we love to go back to the things that we've been delivered from. We love to go back to the things that we've been set free from. We love to go back to the things that God gave us a feeling like we never felt before when we laid it at an old-fashioned altar. But I'm reaching for somebody tonight who's tired of going back to what you used to be. It's time to get back up and do something great for God. Can I preach to you tonight that every time you feel like you've made three steps forward for God the enemy comes and knocks you back on your duff tells you what a failure you've been starts talking to you about all your problems starts telling you about all your faults but somebody needs to remind him tonight That's not me anymore. You've come to the wrong address. My old man is on the other side of the cross. Yeah, but your life was a wreck. Yeah, but you don't have access to that devil. That's been buried with Christ. That's been buried in a watery grave of baptism. I've been resurrected and I live in the resurrection power of Jesus name. When I was a kid, we used to listen to Carmen quite a bit. When we got away from mom, and Carmen had a song that he would talk about. He'd do his little drama thing, you know, his little whatever it's called in the middle of the song. He said, every time the devil comes to remind you of your past, he said, you need to remind him of his future i know tonight i know tonight that's just old-fashioned for some of you i know tonight that's just rhetoric for some of you but there's a few in here that i believe know exactly what i'm talking about that on the other side of the cross your life was a wreck on the other side of the cross your life was a mess but oh thank god for the resurrection power on this side of the cross i've been set free and all my sins have been washed away know there may be some here tonight or some watching online tonight that say well you know pastor St. Clair that's all right and I rejoice with the ones that have but uh, I just man I I can't get past where I am you don't know what kind of sin I've committed and you don't know what I've done and you don't know how bad I am and you don't know how messed up my life is hey I just want to make a blanket statement in here tonight if I can and it's good for everybody from three days old to 350 years old his blood is either powerful enough for all of us or it's not powerful enough for any of us. I don't care if you grew up sleeping under a church pew or you got saved straight off of a bar stool. There is grace and mercy enough on this side of the cross to pick you up and turn you around. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't ever get tired of talking about the blood. I don't ever get tired of talking about the cross. But I'm not just thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for resurrection. Uh, I'm thankful that I don't have to stay like I used to be. There may be some folks that like it, but I'm not one of them. I don't want to be what the devil wanted me to be. I don't want to be what my past wants me to be. I want to be what God wants me to be. Oh, Lord, let me talk to you now. I'm afraid. I'm afraid the problem is, in this generation, it's the people that have the wrong spirit that like conflict. And the people that know the people that know the truth, they they, they just want to avoid conflict. You know, we, we had a in that conversation. They had a great conversation about how afraid we are sometimes to, to tell our story because we don't want to offend somebody. You know, I mean, think about this now. It's like we're going to offend somebody for telling them that God set us free. Uh 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 uh. They uh. started sharing this story with me. About a family member that's apparently a chaplain in the, in the military. He said several years ago in the military there was an individual that came in. Was in a service and the next time they saw him that individual was dressing as the opposite sex. And apparently that chaplain preached some things, said some things, whatever. Well two or three years later that individual that had crossed over or whatever you want to call it came back. And said this to that chaplain. Now the individual was dressed and acting as the sex in which they were created and born in. And said to that chaplain, I want you to know. That because of something you were unafraid to say when I heard you preach. Because you were not afraid to say and tell me the truth. I want you to know that God got a hold of my heart and I have gone back to the creative order that God created me to be. Oh, God, I want to help somebody in here. The image that the enemy has painted of you in your life is not the image that God created you to be. Let me just preach to you tonight. I'm here to to jerk the cover on some devils in here tonight. You are not an alcoholic. Are you hearing me tonight? You are not a drug addict. You are not an alcoholic. You are a child of God that God can set free in this room right here, right now, tonight. If you lived on the other side of the cross you'd have to wait for a bullock or a ram or a lamb to be slain. But let me introduce you to the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world and with his stripes you are healed. Well, my dad told me that I was always going to be an alcoholic my dad told me i was always going to be no good for nothing let me tell you what your father says about you <laughs> he'll love you like you've never been loved he said i'm with you always even to the end of the world He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I'm glad to tell you that while you were yet a sinner. Not after you got it all together and got it all right. While you were falling apart and your life was a mess. He said, I'm going to die for him. I'll make a way of escape. So it is. It's the battle of the ages. And not just a few of us. It's the battle of the ages. When you live for God, you're always going to fight the same old thing. Listen, there's some folks in here tonight that need to be in the house of the Lord. But the enemy pushes you and pushes you and pushes you. Ties you up, messes with your mind. Well, there's judgmental people in that church. That's hogwash. There's judgmental people at your job. Well, when I go to church, people judge me. Okay. Don't ever go back to work. Go sit at home and get you a government check. And when they ask you why you're home, say, because people at work judge me. Yeah, but there's hypocrites at church. Well, there's hypocrites on your job. Man. Hey, if nobody else helps me, will you, will you help me get out of here tonight? You gonna escort me out of here? You got my back? <sighs> oh. Well, I just don't like the way people look at me. You know why? Let me tell you why. It's because when you go to work, you're looking at the reward you're gonna get. You go to work with people that are hateful, you go to work with people that are prideful, you go to work with people that are arrogant. You go to work with people that are, shall I say the H word, that they're hypocrites, God forbid. Oh no, can't handle no hypocrites. But you go because there's a reward at the end of the week. You know why you're here tonight? Because there's a reward. And what happened on the cross purchase my reward and because of the resurrection I can have that reward uh-huh. pastor if I shared my story then people would know my humanity uh-huh. oh no yeah. God forbid right. you know I used to say all the time that, that I put my britches on just like you do Get up, put them on one leg at a time then I met a man in this town. His daddy's been a farmer in this town for many, many years. His name was Bill. Bill came to my grandparents' house one day, and he put his, leg, his, his pants on both legs at once. <laughs> Am I lying? I used to say, I'm a man just like you, and I put my britches on just like you do. Bill, Bill came to the house, and he said, I don't put my, my jeans on one leg at a time. I, you're, you're cra- I was a young kid. I said, you're crazy. He said, watch this. He took a pair of pants. He held them out just like that right there. And he went, Whoop. <laughs> Jumped down in his britches, both legs at once. And I, well, you're made of something different. Then he looked at me and he said, you want to try it? <laughs> I said, Yeah. And when they picked me up off the floor, I still didn't have one good leg in my britches. Let's be honest. Even the greatest gymnast among us like Bill Orball, in reality, puts his britches on one leg at a time. It's the same way we live for God. One step at a time. One day at a time. One battle at a time. Come on, somebody. One service at a time. If you've been struggling to be faithful to the house of God, you can guarantee at church time every week there's going to be an excuse for you to not be in the house of God. But you're going to make it one day at a time, one step at a time, one Sunday at a time, one service at a time because you live on the right side of the cross. But I've wasted, I've wasted so much time. I've wasted so much time. That's a lie. You may have wasted time, but if you're still breathing, you got time left. Maybe it's just me, but I don't plan on waiting until I'm laying there on my deathbed. Make one of my preacher friends come in there and stand by me and say, bro, you okay? Oh, no. I hope the Lord comes back before I die. I really do. I ain't in no hurry. Praise God. If the Lord don't come back, I'm going to live to be 110 years old. Praise God. And I'm not going to stand up and testify till they say, no more stand. I'm going to be mean. When they say, everybody be seated, I'm going to stand up in church. <laughs> if they have testimony service and somebody gets up and says, okay, no more testimonies, that's when I'm going to stand up and testify. And I'm going to stand up and say, they can't hear me. Bring me the microphone. I'm going to live to be an old man in Jesus' name. But I just want you to understand me when I tell you this tonight. I don't care. I don't care if I live to be 41 and a half or if I live to be 115. I'm going to be sure when I take my last breath because of the resurrection that it is well with my soul. you got to get your mind made up right here and right now. It doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter what battles I have to fight. It's going to be worth it all. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to stand for truth. I'm going to live on the right side of the cross. I don't know. Because I've, I've never... I don't guess I, I I could say I've technically ever backslid. Walked away from God. I've made mistakes like everybody else. And I guess technically speaking, if you move back at all, you're backsliding. Maybe we ought to preach a little more on that. You don't have to be backslid to be backsliding. I I, I don't know. Because I've never just walked away from God I'm gonna tell you this just being honest with you I've been doing this a long time been in the ministry all my life been around great people all my life and I've seen good people walk away from God And when they come back to the Lord I've never had a conversation with one backslider that came home not one that told me it was worth it when they left But every single one of them I've talked to, they've said it was sure wonderful when I came back home. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're watching online and I don't know. I don't know exactly who I'm reaching for. But whatever it is that's keeping you from doing the will of God in your life, it's time to start pushing back against that spirit. you got to live on the right side of Calvary. You can be free from that. You can be set free right now. I was in the prayer room tonight and I began to pray a prayer that's not uncommon for me. I believe there's some markers and things that we're watching for, but I'm not going to get in any kind of deep doctrinal debate tonight, but I do want to say this. I'm glad. I'm so glad that I was raised in a church that preached the imminent return of Christ. Amen. I'm glad that I was raised in a church that preached Jesus could come anytime. I am. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I, I, I don't understand all this preterism and all this craziness that's out there right now. He's already fulfilled. Then why in the world are you still in church? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, why in the world are you still hanging around if he's not coming back? I, I, I had a precious man in my life. My granddaddy was one of my closest and dearest friends. And he used to tell me all the time, he'd say, son, I believe we need to plan like he's not coming back for a hundred years and we need to live like he's coming back in five minutes. I don't know when the Lord's coming, but I'm glad that I was raised in a church that preached on the imminent return of Christ because I was standing in there praying tonight and I said, Lord, if this would be the night. (laughs) see none of us have a good imagination anymore it used to be you could preach on the coming of the Lord and somebody would get hungry for it right now I said Lord if this would be the night that you were to split the eastern sky and come back let it be well with my soul I don't know when he's coming back but I plan on being rapture ready at the coming of the Lord Can I just break this down preach to you? I'm almost done. I'm going to break this down. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm reaching for somebody in here tonight. I'm reaching for somebody that's watching in here tonight. Somebody that's watching online. Somebody. I'm reaching for you in here. But if you're sitting under the sound of my voice, I don't care if you're watching on the internet or you're sitting in this building. If you're under the sound of my voice and you cannot answer the question in the affirmation if it is well with your soul. If you can't answer in the affirmative... It is well with my soul. I'm telling you right now, there isn't enough guilt or shame that would keep me in my seat tonight. There is no guilt that's strong enough. There is no shame that's strong enough. The only thing that's strong enough to keep you in your seats is spirit of pride. And tonight I've come to jerk the cover on that spirit of pride and tell you you're living on the right side of Calvary. Let God heal you. Oh. I've, I've I've just I've, I'm tired. I'm tired of praying through all the time pastor. I'm tired of praying through. I come up there and give my heart to God then I go right back. Well then quit. huh that went over like a zipper to velcro convention i'm tired of praying back through then quit you got one or two choices here Well, i wish we could just make it plain you know it you gonna make it to heaven or you're gonna be lost I don't believe there's anybody who could say it any better right there. You're going to be saved or you're going to be lost. Sister Jenny, there's only two choices. It's heaven or hell. Oh, God. You're going to make it or you're going to miss it. When I was a boy coming up, they used to preach it all the time. If you don't get right, you're going to get left. Come on now, I said if you don't get right, mm. I was just a boy, but I remember when that old broad-shouldered, beard-wearing biker walked back through the back swinging doors of that sanctuary, Brother Mark Luper, I remember when you came back to the Lord, and I remember as a boy watching you, and when you came back to God. You quit doing what you was doing. And you just started serving the Lord. He served God when his family didn't serve God. He stayed in the church when others walked away. And I said, Lord, if I ever fall, and I hope I don't. But that's what I want to do. I'm going to walk through the doors one more time. I don't know who I'm trying to help, but I'm trying to help somebody in here tonight for the love of Of everything that's holy. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to tell you. You can get back up again. You can make it. There is grace enough. On this side of Calvary. You can get back up again. Oh God. Let's reach our hands towards heaven right now. Hallelujah. When I woke up this morning, I started praying about this day as soon as I got up this morning. And I, I felt direction for this morning. Wasn't 100% sure where I was going to go tonight. But I started praying this morning. And all I could see, I knew it wasn't for this morning. But I saw the, the what we call the prodigal son of Luke 15 in a pig pen. I felt the Spirit of the Lord just gently speak to me. That there are times when the pig pen... Is the best place for somebody to be man I feel like I need to help somebody in here tonight so let me tell you what I've been praying maybe not in these words verbatim but this is what I've been praying for some of you I've been praying that you'd find a pig pen quickly don't 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 No, pastor don't don't do that oh yes There was no more of a disgusting place for a young Jewish boy to be than in a pig pen. It was the lowest place he could go. But I've been praying for some of you, God, let him find that pig pen in a hurry. Why, Pastor, why? Why would I need to find a pig pen? Because it's in the pig pen that you start asking hard questions that only you can answer. Is this really what I want for my life? is this really where I want to be? And the Bible said it was in the pig pen that he came to himself. Listen, some folks aren't going to come to themselves on daddy's front porch. God's going to have to send you to a pig pen where you're as low as you can go. And so tonight I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm reaching with every ounce of strength that I've got. If you're not ready to live for God, I'm praying you leave here and find a pig pen where the Spirit of God can deal with your soul and pick you up out of the miry clay. You're on the white side of calvary it's time to be healed oh let's stand i got all kinds of stuff up there on my notes i could preach to you i just feel like this is my stopping place right here the holy ghost is reaching for somebody in this place tonight uh Oh, God. There's somebody that walked into this house tonight that came searching and hungry. Somebody came in here walking tonight, searching, hungry for something you haven't felt in a long time. Oh, God. The only way you're going to find it is that peak pin moment where you come to yourself and make your way back to the Father's house. Because in the Father's house, there's a robe and a ring and a fatted calf. He's waiting on you tonight. God, help us in this place. Come on, do I really have to give an official altar call tonight? Do I really have to tell you that these altars are open, the Holy Ghost is reaching for somebody in here? Oh, God. Because He lives, you can live. Because He got up, you can get up. Because of His resurrection, you can live in resurrection power. Come on, that's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Ghost touch you tonight. If you're watching online tonight, find you a place to pray right now. Just leave the leave the computer going. Leave your phone running. Find you a place to pray right now. I believe somebody can pray back through right now in your work uh, uh, break room. I believe you can pray back through in your living room right now. Hallelujah. Devil, you're not gonna keep me trapped on the other side of my failure. I'm living on the right side of Calvary tonight. There's resurrection power in this house. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, child of God. Come on, child of God. Hallelujah. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we're living on the right side of Calvary tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I'm not going to let anything separate me.